Welcome to Maranatha Christian Assembly Podcast, where we bring you the Word of God wherever you are. We pray that you be blessed by God's Word this week. Shall we just commit this time to the Lord as I share the, God, um, share the Word of God with all of us? Uh, Father, we want to thank you for this morning. We want to acknowledge your presence. And we pray to God that you will, uh, your presence will envelop us and that uh, your grace will fill our hearts uh, and that your Holy Spirit will become a mirror to us this morning. That when we look into this mirror, that we will begin to see the truth of who we are in you. So that God, that we can then respond mindfully, that we can respond truthfully towards you, O God. And so, Lord, we just commit this time to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So, welcome to Maranatha. Uh, those of us who are on site and those of you who are back home uh, watching this uh, in the comfort of our own home, just want you to know that it's, it's just as comfortable over here. And someone say... Yeah. <laughs> all right, so come and join us uh, next week, all right, in uh, the service on site as well. All right, so today I'm going to share um, a message, and this message I think has been in my heart. Uh, interestingly, it has been a message in my heart that I've been waiting to speak, okay, uh, in this church. Uh, and that was even when, uh, on, on the first time, the, first, the very first time that I came uh, to speak in, in Maranatha. So this was a ver- the message that was in my heart, and I'm just grateful to the Lord that I've been given this opportunity. Uh, so I just want to, you to open your hearts to listen to the message, can? Okay? I want you to know that it's not me who's speaking to you, okay? All right? It is the Word of God who is speaking to you. All right? So be open to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you uh, this very morning. And so today we are going to be, uh, the scripture that I'll be speaking from is from Malachi chapter 1, uh, verses 6 to 14. In fact, I will start from verse 1 and I will read the scripture to all of us. It would be very helpful if you can have this uh, passage with you uh, in front of you so that you can make reference of it as well as we move along in the sermon. Okay. Malachi chapter 1, starting from verse 1. A prophecy. The word of the Lord to Israel through Malachi. I have loved you, says the Lord. But you ask, how have you loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, declares the Lord. Yet I have loved Jacob, but Esau I have hated. And I have turned his hill country into a wasteland and left his inheritance to the desert jackals. Edom may say, though we have been crushed, we will rebuild the ruins. But this is what the Lord Almighty says. They may rebuild, but I will demolish. They will be called the wicked land, a people always under the wrath of the Lord. You will see it with your own eyes and say, Great is the Lord, even beyond the borders of Israel. Verse 6, A son honors his father and a slave his master. If I am the father, where is the honor due me? If I, am the ma- if I am a master, where is the respect due me, says the Lord Almighty. It is you, priests, who show contempt for my name. But you ask, how have we shown contempt for your name? By offering defiled food on my altar 
But you ask, how have we defiled you? By saying that the Lord's table is con contemptible. When you offer blind animals for sacrifice, is that not wrong? When you sacrifice uh, lame or diseased animals, is that not wrong? Try offering them to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you? Says the Lord Almighty. Now plead with the Lord, plead with God to be gracious to us. With such offerings from your hands, will he accept you? Says the Lord Almighty. Oh, that one of you will shut the temple doors so that you would not light useless fires on my altar. I am not pleased with you, says the Lord Almighty. And I will accept no offering from your hands. My name will be great among the nations from where the sun rises to where it sets. In every place, incense and pure offerings will be brought to me because my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord Almighty. But you profane it said by saying, the Lord's table is defiled and its food is contemptible. And you say, what a burden, and you sniff at it contemptuously, says the Lord Almighty. When you bring injured, lame, and diseased animals and offer them as sacrifices, should I accept them from your hands, says the Lord? Cursed is the cheat who has an acceptable meal in his flock and vows to give it, but then sacrifices a blemished animal to the Lord. For I am a great king, says the Lord Almighty, and my name is to be feared among the nations. You know, some years back, I was uh, planning to buy a gift for my wife. It was her birthday. Okay. And so I decided to buy her a gift. Now, uh, you need to understand me a little bit. Uh, I have this habit of buying bags for my wife. Right? And the reason for that is because I, I like bags. Okay? And so, uh, then very naturally, when I look for a gift for my wife for her birthday, I will look for something. I just naturally gravitate towards the bags. Yeah? Yeah. So every year I bought her bags. Yeah. Okay? And there was one day that she hinted to me. She said, I've been receiving bags for my birthdays. Right? So I picked up the hint and decided that, all right, this time, this year, I ain't going to buy bags. I'm going to buy her something special. Something that she will not expect. Something that will surprise her. Not bad, huh? So I decided then that I'm going to take one day off, all right? So I took a leave, uh, one day leave, uh, so that I can spend the entire day searching for something except bags. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, so that day came, it was a birthday. I spent one day going to a shopping mall. So I went to Boogie's Junction, all right? I combed every shop in, the, in Boogie's Junction. Every single one of them, right? Go any to the, in, in every single one just to make sure that I get the one gift that I think that she would like and it's not bad. So the very first shop that I went to, I stepped into it and I was so excited. It is a bag shop. And then I was reminded, okay, I shouldn't be safe. Spending too much time here. Let's move out. And I went to other shops. So I went to different shops to look for a gift for her, all right? I, sp I spent about three quarter of the day just to shop for her gift, okay? And finally, I found a very unique gift which I believe that every lady would love and I believe she would love it, all right? I chanced upon this store, I mean, okay, I comb everyone and then I finally decided on which one, huh? So there's this particular shop that uh, 
that does uh, eyebrow shaping. Oh, you're laughing. Okay, it was eyebrow shaping. I was like, man, this has to be the perfect gift, right? I mean, every lady would like to look good. I want my wife to look good. My wife would like to look good, right? And I, as I read and as the lady was sharing about what is eyebrow shaping and how, how does it impact your, your looks, huh? I was like, that's it. That's it. This is the one. And so I went in. I purchased a package, right? Why, why do you all say, oh dear? Did I just hear, oh dear? Oh my, that, oh no, wow, you're shaking your head. All right, so anyway, I bought it and then I, 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 I bought it. I wrap it up in a nice, I mean, it was a voucher. Uh -huh. So I wrap it up in a nice box, yeah? And then I, I carry it with me. I was so excited. It was time to pick my wife up from her workplace and I was planning to bring her to a nice dinner. But before that, uh, as I was driving down, my, in my mind, I was, saying, I was thinking and I was strategizing, I'm going to surprise her when she stepped into the, the car step in the car, I will pass her the gift. And then when she opens it up, she will be so surprised because it's no longer a, a bag. And it's something that's going to make her beautiful. And she will be so happy, so elated, and that she will look at me in the eye and with, with all the love and excitement and she will say, oh, this is such a wonderful gift and this is how, uh, and, and I love you so much, you know. Yeah, so as I was driving down uh, the road and towards uh, her office, this was uh, this 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 whole picture is is replaying on my mind, huh? Okay, so I was so excited. So when I reached there, and then she was coming down from from the stairs, I was like smiling, you know, from here to here. <laughs> and then she was looking at me like, "What is this idiot doing?" <laughs> I said, "Look, good face." All right, so she stepped into the the car, and then I did what I imagined and envisioned what I would do. I took out the gift, look at her in the eyes. Happy birthday, sweetheart. This is a special gift for you. And then she looked at it and said, ah, what is this? It's kind of small, huh? Yeah, no longer bad. You know, right? Why don't you open up and take a look? And then she opened up and then she looked at this voucher. What is this? The, the response is a bit, a bit cold. Huh? Yeah. So said, oh, so I tried to spice up that. Oh, it's a special gift. This is to make you beautiful. Uh, it is a, 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 a package for eyebrow shaping. Wow. And then she looked at me. You crazy or what? I was like, what? Do you know how painful it is or not? Almost. From surprise to shocked. <laughs> that was not what I that was not the kind of response I was expecting from my wife. That's not what I was expecting. You know? Wow, have you ever experienced such unexpected outcome that you become so shocked? Okay? I just want you to know that we're still happily married. <laughs> you must be wondering what happened to the voucher, the package. She did not do it anyway. Yeah. All right. So now I know. It's painful. <laughs> Never buy for my wife anymore. <laughs> Never knew that. Never knew that. You know, in today's scripture, Malachi chapter 1, uh, from 1 to 14, is this scripture. Uh, in fact, in the book of Malachi, um, Israel experience a very shocking response. Not from the wife, <laughs> but from God. You know. Now, the book of Malachi was written while Israel was under the rule of the Persian Empire. Okay? And that was around the year of um, 450 BC. Okay? And then on the surface, at that point in time, on the surface, 
the life of Israel now seemed pretty and fairly good and uh, uneventful. Rather comfortable, things are moving on fine. Okay? Uh, there were no major catastrophes and there were no wars. Right? So, economically speaking, they were getting on quite well. In fact, the scripture tells us that the, the new temple of God was completed. So amazing, right? Worship and devotions were expressed through the temple and temple worship. So while things were looking good for Israel, then here comes a message from God. Wow. Now looking, engaging on what is happening then, then looking at the worship that's happening in, 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 uh, in, the, in the temple, looking at the devotion that the people are uh, you know, uh, expressing through their love offering, through their gift offering, and whatever offering they're bringing to the temple, you know, uh, I would be expecting God to be saying to them something like, oh, you guys are so wonderful, and I'm going to be blessing you, and you're going to be, re- you're going to receive prosperity. Or maybe I would be expecting a message from God of, uh, that talks about affirmation of their love and to praise them. Lo and behold, instead of words of blessing and prosperity, instead of words of affirmation and praise, God charged them and accused them of, uh, uh, and accused them concerning their spiritual decline. So amidst the people's expression of worship and devotion in the busy temple, he asked Israel, A son honors his father and a servant his master. If I am a father, where is the honor due me? If I am a master, where is the respect due me? Says the Lord Almighty. Something was lacking in Israel's temple worship rituals. And what is that? That is reverence. Where is the reverence? In short, this is what God is saying. In all that you are doing, Israel, I see everything. I see all the happenings in the temple. But my question is, where is the reverence? Israel offered rituals without reverence. And he was so serious that and God is so tired of it that he was ready to close the temple. And he said this to them. He said in Malachi chapter 1, verse 10, he said, Oh, that one of you would shut the temple doors so that you would not light useless fires on my altar. I am not pleased with you, says the Lord Almighty, and I will not accept an offering from your hands. Israel, at a point in time, they were spiritually degenerated and degenerating. They had become indifferent and they were not aware of it. Now, they brought their offerings and made sacrifices to the Lord. The temple was busy with rituals, but it certainly lacked reverence as far as God is concerned. So somehow that uneventful year with no great troubles had caused their minds to turn from spiritual gains and treasures in heaven to personal comfort and convenience. Faith has lost its edge and worship has become folly. 
So here is a very important principle that we would like to, and I would like us to understand, that our outward expression do not always reflect the inward devotion. That's not always. Right? Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9 to 10 says, that the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. Question, have we in any way lost our reverence for God and has become indifferent towards Him? Something for you to consider and ponder as we continue on with this sermon. Now, because our hearts are deceitful, we can hardly get an honest evaluation okay, of, of our reverence for God. Right? It's so easy for us to trick ourselves and convince ourselves that we are fine. Okay? And by saying that, I'm not saying that we are not. But the point is that it is not easy for us to have a clear evaluation, a, 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 an objective evaluation. It's usually subjectively objective. Or objectively subjective depending on how you want to put it. Yeah? So it is no wonder then that the priests then were baffled, were baffled by God's response to the expression of worship. They were. And God knows, God knows, okay? And unless God speaks the truth to, uh, of our devotion to Him, we will always be offering probably empty rituals. And so it is, it is really because He loves us and, and is by His grace that He speaks the truth to us. But the truth is usually quite hard to bear and to take in sometimes. And so today as we investigate the symptoms of uh, Israel's irreverence, okay, irreverence in today's scripture, let us not be quick to judge them as well. And as the psalmist says in Psalm chapter 139 verses 23 to 24, it says this, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Let us then align ourselves to what the psalmist is saying here and allow God to search our hearts. Allow the Holy Spirit to be the mirror, the divine mirror, so that we can have a clear reflection of our own reverence for God. So the first symptom is this. It is painless worship. Painless worship. The first symptom of irreverence is painless worship. The people at that point offered non-sacrificial sacrifices. They offered God things which they did not want themselves. Blind animals, deceased animals, uh, crippled animals. Sacrifice is the willingness to give up something we genuinely value in expressing or as a form of expression of our devotion to God. Somebody say? That's right. And King David said that he will not sacrifice a burnt offering that costs him nothing. And with that here then, is an attitude that says anything is good enough for God. <laughs> right? Anything is good enough for God. He ought to think for himself lucky that I've given him something. Or 
It is more like my career comes first, my leisure comes second, and God can have the leftovers. See, today we no longer bring animals as offerings, so thank God. Otherwise, he'll be full of pigeons and <laughs> animals. Wow, what a mess. Okay? And so we no longer bring offerings to be sacrificed to God. Jesus, the sacrificial lamb, is the final sacrifice. And because of him, we have eternal life. And someone say, Amen. Right? But interestingly, we were still asked to sacrifice, to bring a sacrifice to the Lord. But the sacrifice is no longer a sacrifice of animals. Today, the sacrifice that we need to bring to God is ourselves. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to bring your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. That is your true and proper worship. And that is a sacrifice. We are expected to bring a sacrifice, but this sacrifice is no longer just an animal. It is, in short, this sacrifice is, a, is us. We bring, we offer all that we are, all that we have. We offer everything about who we are and what we have to the Lord as a sacrifice. Wow, is that a pain? That is painful worship. That is painful worship. Why is it painful? I remember God calling me into the ministry. I was doing fine in Republic of Singapore Air Force. Life was good. I was serving the Lord in Sunday school as a superintendent. Yeah. And I was getting married. And out of God's convenience, He called me then into full-time ministry. To give up a good-paying job when I was about to get married and get a, I don't know, one-third pay, uh, no, two-third pay cut. Was it painful? Painful, I tell you, very painful. And that left me wondering what my future will be like next time. Is it painful? It is painful. But this is, this is what it means to offer God an offering. The offering is not the, the QR code that we scan, you know. The offering that God desires is the offering of ourselves, Me, you, at the altar. It's leaving, you know. It means when God wants to plunge in, uh, wow, they will be struggling. And stuff. Yeah, because it's painful. Not painful, not much of a sacrifice. Okay. So we offer ourselves as a sacrifice. So the first symptom is painless worship. The second symptom that, uh, the second symptom is thoughtless worship. Thoughtless worship. The act of offering and sacrificing deceased animals really shows that the people, uh, uh, the Israelites, did not give much thought to their choice of sacrifice. They did not apply common sense into their action. Right? Uh, God challenged their action by saying, try offering them to your governor. Would he be pleased? Would he accept it? Say, come on, think about it. Now, before we judge the Israel, let, let us pause for a moment and think if we have ever been thoughtless in our worship too. Today, God's people who would never be there to be late for work, if they could possibly help it, 
might be unconcerned about being punctual for meetings, for service. God's people who will consider inappropriate to leave until uh, the performance in, in, a, in a play has ended couldn't probably wait for the benediction. God's people who would express much devotion during worship session uh, will make uh, unreasonable demand probably uh, to the ministry, to the church staff. Would this be a kind of sacrifice that we will offer to God in terms of our conduct and our, our behavior as a form of offering to the Lord? Philippians chapter 1, verse 27, it says, Whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or I only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, thriving together as one for the faith of the gospel. And today, we offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. Then, we need to be thoughtful in, the, in our worship, in how we present and show up, even as a child of God. Someone say, Amen. The third symptom that Israel um, exhibited okay, is contemptuous worship. Now, the priests were accused of treating God and the things of God contemptuously. Now, they despise uh, the work of God uh, that God has given to them to do. Uh, they find the work burdensome. And so the sacrifice were polluted in the very first instance by the attitude of the minds of the priest making the offering. Well, do you see the standard of God? God's standard of what is acceptable is at this level. What does this mean to us today? Now, here could... It could mean this. It could, here, here could be a, a full-time staff who finds his calling a burden and has become faithless in the almighty God who has called him or her into the ministry. And just by saying this, it reminded me of how thoughtless I was sometimes in the way I think about God when I'm struggling during my full-time, the time when I was in full-time ministry. But not only that, but even today, it reflected somewhat of how I, I, I think about him, that is he able to carry me through? And here could be also a deacon who is no longer willing for the task that it was given to him or her. You might hear him or her saying, uh, hear the inner thoughts of the, 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 the deacon when say, what a time-consuming drag to be a deacon. Or it could be a Christian parent who just cannot be bothered to pray tenderly with the children. Or here could be a Christian, although he would not say out loud, but say to himself, how dull and tiresome it is to have to give a day to the Lord. Or this could be a leader or leaders or ministry workers who are just not weary in the work, which may be uh, very well legitimate, but they are weary, they are weary of the work. They are not only just weary in the work, but they are actually weary of the work. Wow. Then there's a fourth symptom, and the fourth symptom is hypocritical worship. People often cry out to God in prayer when they are in a fix, and that applies to me as well. 
But here in the scripture, there's a man who in a time of stress and depression, not knowing how to save himself, ended up calling to the Lord and said, Oh Lord, if you would help me now and get me out of this mess, I will sacrifice to you the very best ram of my flock. And then here he comes bringing, was it the very best one? He brought in, not the very best one, but what was left over. And so the Lord has helped him. And now the trouble has passed and suddenly the man then is saying, oh well, I'm not sure if it would have all worked out anyway, so I didn't really have to give God the very best of my ram as what I promised that I made to, the, to God during the time of stress. The trouble was not really that bad, but I will give to the Lord this old thing anyway and keep up the appearance. And now that is pure hypocrisy. That is pure hypocrisy. It is worship simply to keep up the appearance. This is about cheating God. And this reminded me of my children. <laughs> One of the days my, my kid came up to me, my, 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 my young adult girl came up to me and said, Daddy, can I not go to church anymore? I feel like a hypocrite. I said, is that? What happened? Tell me more about it. He said, when I sit there and stand up, raise my hand and sing to God, but yet I know that I don't really love Him. Wow. I mean, there are two things I could have done. I could have immediately, you know, discipline her, <laughs> take out the scripture and throw scripture at her. But I didn't do that. What did I do? I appreciated her honesty. I think she's more honest than many adults who are seated in uh, a congregation. She knows exactly what is in her heart. And she said, if I continue to do that, I, I'm a hypocrite. And she says, can I not go to church because I feel that I'm a hypocrite? I said, yes, you can. And you have to deal with this heart. Then you bring the right heart into the service. Do you remember the promise you made to God? Do you remember the time when you would need help and say, God, can you please help me? And you do this, you know, I'm going to give this to you, I'm going to do this. The promises that we made to God. Do you remember the promises we made to God at the altar many, many years back? You know, if you have forgotten, it's fine. I have good news for you. God remembers. And many years later, he will still remind you. If we're going to bring a good sacrifice to God, let's keep, keep our promises as a way of bringing a good sacrifice and acceptable sacrifice to God. So what was the cause of their lack of reverence for God? Now, these symptoms reveals a likely reason that their perspective of God has kind of shifted along the way. Somehow, somewhere. Okay? And so God reminded them, you know, that's why God had to remind them later. He said, let me remind you this. Who am I? I am, uh, that His name is Almighty God. He said, I'm Almighty God. He stated it very clearly. He didn't just say, I'm, a God. I'm God. He didn't just say, I'm Jehovah Jireh. He said, I am Almighty God. Meaning that His name is to be great and to be feared. So in Malachi, 
In Malachi chapter 1, verse 11, he says this. He says, My name will be great among the nations from where the sun rises to where it sets. In every place, incense and pure offerings will be brought to me because my name will be great among the nations, says the, says the Lord Almighty. And then in Malachi chapter 1, verse 14, he says, For I am the great king, says the Lord Almighty, and my name is to be feared among the nations. And God is reminding Israel that, look, I do not know what sort of perception you have about me, right? But now I'm trying to remind you again that I am God. Yeah, simple as that. So God is shouting, I am God, the Almighty One. They have simply, Israel has simply forgotten that their God is none other than the Lord God Almighty. It seems like they are treating Him as one of the gods in this world, Right? Yeah? Our perception of God influences our behavior. Okay? And their perspective of God has shifted. Now, I chance upon uh, this uh, five perspective of God, which I, felt it very, I find it very interesting. I'd like to share with us. Okay? Um, so, these are five perspectives of God that one can have all right, uh, in the course of their spiritual journey. Okay? The first perspective is, uh, give me God. It's like a vent, you have to, we, we look at God and, and have this mindset that God is like a vending machine. You pay in and then He pays out. <laughs> Alright? Okay. Uh, then there's another one which is a Godfather, uh, Grandfather God. Okay. Uh, we look at God as someone with a candy in his pocket, always smiling on his face, and never a word of correction on his lips, always ready to just love and forgive. Yeah? Okay. Grandfather God. Uh, then we also have this perception, which is uh, the hot tub God. <laughs> okay, wow, hot tub God. Okay, those of you who go to uh, Japan will love this, right? You go to onsen, oh, nice, right? Okay, uh, uh, that, that God's only concern, His only concern, and His reason for being, okay, is for, your, is for our happiness and our contentment. Wow, what kind of God? This is the God that I like. <laughs> Sounds good, isn't it? Yeah, hot tub God. Uh, what about this jello god? Jello god, okay? A jello god, um, it's like you can pour him into any mold you want and he will fit in. Wow. And finally, a junior executive god. A god who answers to me and does exactly what I say. Now, all this perception doesn't appear in front of us and say, this is what it is. But somehow, somehow, as we reflect on our behavior, in the way we respond to God, we might find ourselves hmm, falling into one of a mixture of or blend of some of this perception. Okay. Now, I, 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 I'm not, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but I'm saying that if we go into such perception then that perception will influence and dictate the way we respond to God. Mm, okay? But at the same time, through our, you know, I'm just grateful to the Lord for His grace. Uh, and, and in our journey of sanctification, part of the sanctification process is to begin to gain a clearer clarity of who God is in our life, the, the right perspective of God. Right? And here today, God is trying to get us to get a, remind us of an accurate perspective of who He is. And who is He? He is God, the Almighty One. He's God, the Almighty One. 
You know, there was once when I was preaching back in, uh, in Grace Assembly when I was still there on staff, and in one of the service uh, I was preaching, and uh, in the midst of the service about to end, all right, uh, there was a pre-Christian. I know that there was a pre-Christian who was there simply because the pre-Christian is a, f- uh, a, a mother of one of my staff, okay, and she is a pre-Christian. She came to church, sat there, all right, while I was preaching. Uh, she doesn't know, she doesn't really know English, but she sat in the service, right? And uh, when uh, it was uh, near the, the time to end, before the benediction, before the service ended, uh, she decided to leave, and so she had to leave. Uh, so while everybody was seated, she stood up, and then she went out, okay, uh, to the back of the hall where, where the, the exit door is. Uh, and so very interestingly, I was preaching, and she was at the uh, picture of this. I was preaching here. She was walk, making her way to an exit door, like the exit door right behind here. And then before she reached the exit door, she stopped. She stopped. She turned around. And you know what she did? She bowed. And then she took her leave. Wow. My jaw dropped. You know? No, no, she wasn't bowing to me. You know? <laughs> Please do not mistake her. She wasn't bowing to me. You know who was she bowing? She recognizes the, the presence of God that in here there is to her a deity. And I need to respect the deity. And there was a respect there. By a pre-Christian. Is there reverence? To me, that was reverence. She showed reverence. She demonstrated reverence for God. You know, I understand that we are living under the dispensation of God's grace. I really do. But the question I have for us is, have we become too casual with our relationship with God? That, is, that, that God is gracious and merciful, right? From Genesis, from the book of Genesis to Revelation, and we, we, we know that. But God is also God, the Almighty One. And, and when Isaiah saw God... He cried out, he said, Woe to me, I am ruined. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among the people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King and the Lord Almighty. Maybe today you say that is the Old Testament. What about the New Testament? All right, let me give you the New Testament. In the vision that John received in the book of Revelation, uh, in Revelation, he saw God on the throne and gave a vivid description. And this is what he says. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before Him who sits on the throne and worship Him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for You created all things and by Your will they were created and have their being. It doesn't tell me that the 34 elders was there and said, Oh God, so happy to see you, buddy, buddy. Oh God, so great to see you. When is my next paycheck coming? <laughs> you never see the, 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 they didn't describe them coming to God and say, God, we are so tight, you know? Like what a young adult might say. No, there was one. There was great reverence in that space and in that place. God has the power to give and to take life. 
God has the power to bless and to curse. God has the power to prosper and to punish. He has the power to extend grace and to judge. This is the God that we love, the God that we serve, the God that we worship. Who among the gods is like you, O Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in power, working wonders? Who is that like you? So reverence, reverence is the loving, sincere recognition of the greatness of the Lord Almighty. It's not just about an action, but it springs from and it comes from within. And it's their reverence today. And how can we express reverence then? Through our spiritual rituals. I think many of us experience or express them very differently. You know, I'm not here to tell you what you need to do. But if there is reverence within our heart as we come before the Lord, then this reverence will find expression. Some of us may, may Make fine expression by coming here early, being here on time for service. That is your form of ex, uh, um, um, expression of reverence, and that is fine, and I respect that. Yeah? Some of us may say uh, that it's about making a, a, uh, be there at the prayer meeting, and that is, that is fine. And some of us may find expression by putting our Sunday best, and that is fine too. Some of us may find uh, showing and expressing reverence by what? By reaching out to our neighbors. The question is not what you should do. The question is, do you reveal God? And will you allow, and how are you going to allow that reverence to show up in a way that will bring God glory? Someone say, Amen. So church, my question to us is this. Have we lost our reverence for God and have we become indifferent towards Him? I'd like to invite us to just stand to our feet and invite the um, worship team to come. As we stand before the Lord today, And the team, uh, the worship team is going to play something in the back. Uh, I, I would like us to just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us. Uh, this, this sermon is, is not to, <laughs> it's not scolding people, yeah? Okay. But this sermon is to bring about, as God would, is, is reminding us once again, as we start the year, as we start this year, there are many things we are worried about. Economic crisis, do we have a job? There are many things we are fearful of. But if there's one thing that we need to be fearful of, I think the better word to use is, is to, to revere is, is, is God. And so today, is, as we stand before the Lord, would you allow the Holy Spirit to come and be the mirror? As the Holy Spirit stands before you as a mirror, as you look at yourself, and look into your heart. What does it reveal about your own personal reverence for God?
And as you look at it, honestly, as you look at it receptively, how is it convicting you in areas that you need to show up with greater reverence? And so this is going to be our personal time with the Lord. Um, first, it's not about the action. It's really about the heart. Okay, it's about the heart. And once you have looked at the heart, then the action will come. So I just want to give us a moment, close your eyes. And the whole, as the Holy Spirit begins to just reflect What is in your heart? Where is that reverence? If you receive the word from the Lord to say that, you know, if you receive an affirmation and praise from the Lord, receive it. Give thanks. Embrace it. But as you look at it and you realize that, hey, there are some areas of your life that you realize that you have should be showing um, symptoms of irreverence. It could be painless worship. It could be thoughtless worship. Maybe contemptuous worship. Or maybe even hypocritical worship. And you felt the pain. And you know what? This is a wonderful pain. A pain that's going to bring about joy. Because this pain is going to bring you to a point of allowing God to to do a deeper work in your life that will bring joy and peace and growth. And because this sermon is only not, it's not only for you, but it's also for me, I'm going to be reflecting as well. So in just a while, I'm going to count to three. And when I do that, the altar is right in front of you. I'd like to invite those of us who need to respond to God today as the Holy Spirit has spoken to you to voluntarily as an act of faith to walk to the altar and make a commitment to God to revere Him starting from today onwards. Alright? And bring yourself as the sacrifice, as an offering to Him. I'm going to give you a moment to allow the Holy Spirit to speak. Thank you, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Come and speak to your people. Come and speak to your people. Oh God, come and let your presence fill this place. You deserve to be worshipped. Not simply with songs, but really with our hearts. That we will bring forth reverence in singing the songs that we sing, in responding to you. So if you're ready, I'm going to count to three. 
and you need to respond to the Lord, then make your way down to the altar as a form of offering yourself as a sacrifice and offering to Him and as a form of your commitment to Him. One, two, three. If that's you, you want to respond to God as the worship team leads us in a song, then make your way down to the altar as a commitment to Him. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we give thanks for your word this morning, Lord. Reminding us once again, Lord, that we have taken you for granted, Lord. That we praise you with the lips of our mouth, but our hearts are far away from you, Lord. Father, that we have come to you out of convenience rather, rather than a heart of dedication, Lord. Father, may you forgive us for coming to you so flippantly, O Lord, treating you as if you are nothing, O Lord. Father, may you forgive us wherever we are, Lord. Hearts that have gone cold, hearts that have drifted far away from you, hearts that have taken you for granted, O Lord. Father, I pray you draw us back to yourself, O Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Not based on our own efforts, based on our own striving, O Lord, but based on what the Lord Jesus has done on the cross for us, O Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Father, by your grace, may you draw every prodigal child and daughter in this place back to yourself because there is therefore now no condemnation in Christ Jesus, O Lord. Consecrate our hearts once again, O Lord, so that when we worship you, when we give to you, we will give to you selflessly, O Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Not because of what we can get from you, O Lord. Father, that we will only worship you with our very best, O Lord. Hallelujah. And nothing less than our very best, O Lord. So do that deep work in our hearts. Align our hearts back to yourself, O Lord. Because you have already given us your very best, the Lord Jesus Christ, O Lord. So align our hearts back to you even as we serve you, we worship you, may you do it. May we do it with the right attitude. Lord. May we do it with that dedication that you have loved us greatly, O Lord. And may that love overflow in our hearts even as we minister, even as we go about in our daily work, that people will catch the fragrance of our Lord Jesus Christ, O Lord. So do a deep work in our hearts, O Lord, that may your love overflow because we love because you first love us, O Lord. So we give thanks for your message this morning to remind us that you are the mighty God, O Lord. We praise you, we love you. We pray and ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give God praise.